Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Day Beautiful podcast feed. My name is Adam. I am the founder of Day Beautiful, the website and podcast where you can discover debut authors. If you like what you hear here, check out Day Beautiful on daybeautiful.net and on all social media at Day Beautiful. And welcome to yet another First Taste reading series where I invite an author to read five minutes from their work to kickstart your week off with great literature and put you in a really good mood. Today's guest is a citizen of Cherokee Nation and the Kiowa tribe of Oklahoma from his mother's side and has Mexican heritage through his father's side. He holds an MA in English with a concentration in Native American literature from the University of Oklahoma, as well as a BFA in creative writing from the Institute of American Indian Arts. He is a recipient of the Truman Capote Scholarship Award. He's also the winner of the Native Writer Award. His short stories have been published in South Dakota Review, American Short Fiction, Yellow Medicine Review, and more. And his debut novel, Calling for a Blanket Dance, is out now. Please welcome Oscar Hokia. Hey, Oscar. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you for inviting me. I'm happy to be here. Of course. Your book, Calling for a Blanket Dance, is out. It's been out for a while. Um, I loved it. I read it prior to it coming out. Um, but for people who haven't interacted with it, haven't seen it yet, what, what's it about? It is, um, well, the heart of the novel is about family and how families show up for each other. Mm-hmm. And um, so the, the main character, Everett Gimasato, he goes through numerous obstacles in his life. And um, and as he does so, fate kind of knocks him back down. But as he overcomes those those adversities, um, family, family members are there to kind of pick him back up. And each family member gives him a different type of healing strength so he can continue to fight for himself and his children. Mm-hmm. The voices in this were like just stand out. I feel like you have such a knack for s- oral storytelling. Um, mm-hmm. Was that a part of your childhood? Like, was everyone telling stories orally throughout um, in your community? Yeah. So, yeah, storytelling. And, and one of the things is that with my personality, I'm quite, I'm kind of quiet. Mm. You know, like I kind of sit in the back, and um, and I just sit back and listen. And so there's a you know, I think every family has, you know, individuals who who like to tell stories, you know, like about the family or what's happened at this time or that time. And um, and I guess I've always been the type to just kind of gather those mm. those stories or pay, pay special attention to to each story and just remember them myself and um, and just being a good listener. Mm. I think that that's probably been. But, yeah, I definitely have, you know, tons of family members who, who love the love to talk and love to love to share yeah and then so you're more of a listener and a writer though you, you wrote this mm-hmm. book um, I am more of a listener. <laughs> yeah and um what part of the book will you be reading for us today so i'm gonna read uh, a section out of quentin quitone's chapter mm-hmm. um so just the first few pages and Correct. i think that that'll take about five minutes to to do that and um so this particular chapter is um is when the main character ever gave saddle. He is, he has just turned 18 along with his cousin, Quentin, mm-hmm. and they have received a per cap from the Kiowa tribe. So a per cap is a lump sum of money that the, that a tribe will distribute to, um, to the tribal members. And for different tribes, it looks different. You know, some tribes might get like a small amount every month or once a year um, for the Kiowa tribe. Uh, we had leased the track of land, the Fort Sill military base. Um, and back in the 70s, 
And so what we did with it is that we distributed to a portion to each tribal member then. And so if you were under the age of 18, your money went into trust. And so it gained interest. Mm -hmm. um, and then whenever you turned 18, then you got, your, that's when you got your money. Um, so I'm going to read. So this is um, the main character, Ever Gimasado, and his cousin, Quentin Quitone's experience with getting that particular per cap. Terrific. Well, uh, take it away. All right. Quentin Quitone, 1993. <laughs> we were just little guys, around a year old when Kyle started getting that a hong you back in 76. No, maybe in 77. It was a coalition of Kiowas, Comanches, and Apaches that leased a track of land to Fort Sill military base for 100 years. Good thing, too, because us Kiowas divided our share of the money between all tribal members, 1,500 apiece. Those of us under the age of 18 had our money held in trust, growing interest until our day. We were the last in our families to hear our mothers say, your per cap check is on the table. My birthday landed two months before yours. On your day, you burst into a laughing fit. And I told you, ever, calm yourself down, guy. On my day, I simply said, your boy Quentin just got paid. And I maintained all the way into the bedroom. But we both tore into those envelopes faster than the last meat pie on a plate. Ripped out those stiff government checks, too. Remember the Statue of Liberty imprint in the upper left corner? Remember the line of numbers in the center right? Mine was $9,826.17. The hot off the press scent from that crisp paper hit us like the cool wall of air when we walked into the Bank of Oklahoma. Might know, the lady behind the counter did the same to you as she did to me. She glanced from the check to her face and back to the check again, tapping those red plastic fingernails on the counter. Her eyes barely squinted when she asked us how we managed to get our hands on that kind of money. You told her the tribe wanted us to help neglected bank tellers buy bleach for untreated roots. I had a permanent grin that no one would spoil. So I asked her if she dated Kiowas and she said no. So I asked her if she dated Comanches and she said no. So I asked her if she dated Cherokees, and she said no. Yeah, guess I was out of luck because I was all out of tribes. We waved at the bank tellers. We pushed open the doors. That Ma Bain pretended to not notice. Still, even she couldn't ignore the 6000 in the checking account or the 4000 in our pockets. Wasn't it our oldest cousin, Leanne, who put her entire per cap in savings? Or maybe it was her sister, Bessie. They saved the money for books and tuition at the University of Oklahoma. We had been dreaming about spending that ahongia for three years since our boy Blacktail's older brother, Big Bo, got his per cap. He cruised into the south side of Lawton, our section of the city, the view, in a Cadillac Seville. That Cadillac was new used, uptown clean enough to pass for brand new. Steep guy, too, as he bumped down 11th Street and turned into the convenience store on three-wheel motion. Right then, that's when we knew we were not like Leanne and Bessie. On my day, my dad warned me, Quentin, fast money goes fast. And he drove us to OKC where I could find a good car cheap. It took us an hour, hour and a half to drive up I-44 and I flashed for the bank envelope a dozen times showing you and dad both how the hundreds lined up as smooth as beads down a loom. On your day, 
I drove you to OKC myself. We were going to turn money into a line of colognes, hundreds, fifties, and twenties, bottled and packaged. Your Monte Carlo sat middle row front at Honest Terry's D. You grabbed my arm so tight, I lost circulation. Said, Quentin, pull over six times. That dealer was bullheaded about the $3,000 price written on the windshield with about $2,500 cash. He took the Fresh Bills Bulldog and signed over the title to Yamani. My Cadillac Eldorado dripped clean from a fresh car wash, gleamed gold with that tan paint job in the bright sunlight. It faced the main office at Classy Cars. The dealer wanted to take it home until I flashed open that bank envelope. He took 4000 easy, didn't even have to haggle for my L-Dog. Once back in Lawton, you still had cash in your pocket after buying your car. But on my day, I had to stop by the Bank of Oklahoma again. That same teller said I had to wait three days for a check to clear. Why did she give me 4000 the day before? I asked to see the manager. Oh, it was a government check, that Ma Bing told me. She flipped her long hair to the other side of her face and pulled 2000 from the drawer. At Soundwave, it cost me some serious cash for those 12-inch speakers, that 400-watt amp, a noise reducer, and an equalizer. My bass was clean and low, but I only had enough money left over for gas and McDonald's. You liked your music hard and dirty, so you dropped the last of that 1500 for some 18s inside a plexiglass box. Low on funds, we weaved through the back roads of Lawton and returned to the Bank of Oklahoma. Was it on your per cap or mine when we ran to the building one minute before closing? They're locking the doors. She gave us a smirk, spun on her heels, and disappeared into the bank. We cruised away, blasting the latest tape by the Zotai singers and shook the building with waves of intertribal beats. We hit the back roads again, crept into the view, and parked on Blacktail's front lawn. That inner tribal wave carried with the same rumble of those artillery shells from the practice rounds at Fort Sill, the ones that shook the entire city of Lawton. Proud guys, we danced the way Kyle was danced and reminisced about percaps gone by. It was funny how our boy Mike's older brother, Arthur, went down to Dallas, Texas, Bought an old school T-Bird and tricked it out with the blue and silver colors of the Dallas Cowboys football team. After partying for a week in a motel, he went to a Cowboys football game, A-Daw, Jump-Daw, and lost the last of his per cap in the stands. Dad had a Western Union him money so he could get back to Lawton. Everyone teased him that some goofy, rugged guy probably ripped him off. Even worse, too, was our cousin Lawrence from Godibo, Mr. All Day Adol. He bought that dually truck, slapped on a new set of mud bogging tires, and took his little crew to Tahlequah for Cherokee National Holiday. He danced at the powwow and then watched the Bronc Riders at the rodeo. On the last day, he woke up in a field face down in a wet cow patty. The first thing he said was, buh, and a clump of patty fell out of his mouth. All right, I'm gonna go ahead and stop there. That's... I love it, and 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 yeah. I, I mean, I love you that you read that passage because, like, like I said, the voice is so strong in in, in all of your like, sections. For someone who is, is so quiet and likes to listen, was it easy for you to tap into all these voices? Well, that took me a little bit of time. It took me a few <laughs> years to really get down like a Kiowa. Without you know, when I first started at this, I wanted a Kiowa voice and a Cherokee voice mm. because I was going for um trying to disrupt that homogenous perception of 
of native communities and trying to give voice to the the beauties of each tribe yeah and uh, because i grew up in a center travel environment moving back and forth between kiowa and cherokee and still do to this day that i wanted to try to capture what i would call a, a kiowa voice and a cherokee voice and so the kiowa voice um it took me about a year or so to really get that down one um it was just hard to hear that you know my own accent or hear the accent of my community and then so once i got the kiowa voice down then i had to differentiate you know like the difference between kiowa and cherokee um and pick and pick out subtle patterns and pauses and nuances um to tie into like a coherent sentence because you know on the page we're not writing exactly the way we speak, but mm -hmm. we're capturing the essence of that colloquial way of speaking. And so that's what I was shooting for. Um, but yeah, I think the totality between capturing the Kiowa and Cherokee it was at least about three years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, real quick before I let you go, how long was this entire process then if that took three years itself? Three yeah, so we're, we're, yeah, we're looking about about from the, the earliest chapter to the publication day, 14 years. Wow. Yeah. And so we had like 2008 is when I wrote that Quentin Quitone chapter. That was the very first um, uh, piece that I wrote. And I wrote it as a standalone story. Um, and I titled it um, Our Day. And it was published in American Short Fiction in 2010. And then the second oldest is uh, chapter three in the novel, um, Hey Shade. It was originally a standalone story that I titled Time Like Masks, and that was published in South Dakota Review in 2011. Wow. Um, so, if, you know, after writing those, I went through a little bit of a block for a couple of years, didn't write any kind of creative writing, um, only critical writing, and then uh, picked it back up again and started writing uh, more pieces and added um, more, more of the I guess at that time it was more of a traditional novel and stories. And that was around 2012-2013. And then try to pitch a novel and stories type of book. And wasn't getting any takers. And so just kind of went through some self-doubt again and just kind of said, oh, I'm, I'm not, maybe I'm not I'm not sure where I'm going with this. And set it aside, just didn't write again for a couple of more years. And then in 2015, I picked it back up again. And I was like, well, I'm gonna just tear this apart. I'm gonna add new stuff in. And then that's where we ever game a was born at that point. And then we get this trajectory, we get this transformation yeah. narrative um, where he's kind of, you know, making a, a mess of his life. And then he starts to transform and change things around a little bit. Um, yeah. And so, wow. yeah. And then, and then once I connect with the agent in 2018, um, she asked me to add some more pieces to it. And then we get what we're, what we're looking at now. Thank you so much to Oscar for joining the first Taste of Reading series today on the Day Beautiful podcast. His book, Calling for a Blanket Dance, is out now. You can find him on the internet at his website, oscarhokia.com. He is Twitter and Instagram at Oscar Hokia. I'll impose in the show notes. You can find Day Beautiful at daybeautiful.net and add social media at daybeautiful. As always, I'm Adam. This is Day Beautiful, and you're all beautiful.